one of the truths about God is that he loves his people to be thankful. I think that a father who is uh, taking care of his own children would like to see children that are thankful. Um, The whole atmosphere of the house is different if everyone is content. And I, I think that God's expectation for all of his children is for us to have a thankful disposition. And sometimes during difficult seasons, it's hard to be thankful uh, in those things. And sometimes we uh, are discouraged, and perhaps that's you this morning. And say, how can I be thankful during times like this? And, uh, well, it's not easy, perhaps, but it is biblical. And I really think if we look at the model of our Lord Jesus Christ and his desire to do the will of his Father and then to continue on, I think we look at the Apostle Paul. And Paul gives us the book of Philippians, and he's talking about being thankful during hard times. He's talking about being thankful during handicap times, times when you can't do what you desire to do. You still need to be thankful to God, and it'll give you strength when you start to praise the Lord and you begin to thank Him for what He's given you. I want to encourage you today, if you look at your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, we are actually discussing this particular topic of being thankful. And uh, let me just say this, too, that, that this particular passage is one of my favorite passages in the Scriptures because it actually gives us an understanding that there are going to be those that think that wine is the answer. There are going to be those that think that if I can just have a bottle, I'm going to be happy. And uh, my, my grandfather was that way for a while. My grandpa was a musician. He loved to travel. He actually traveled out to California when he was in his early teens. I think he might even have been 12 years old. And uh, he liked to play the fiddle, began to play in places that were not good to play, uh, to play his violin in. And, uh, but, of course, he came back to this area and settled in and married, and he was always involved with uh, performing and playing instruments. And my grandfather uh, loved to do that. Uh, he was called Smiling Jim McCluskey. He was actually in uh, places here like the Rooster, the Esquire, different places that are, that are I, I think the Esquire is still, in, still there, but the Rooster has gone. How many remember the Rooster over on Highway 51? Remember the big golden Rooster? Uh, some of you are afraid to raise your hand. <laughs> Don't worry, my grandpa uh, wasn't uh, in there recently or whatever. But uh, just kind of let you know that's the kind of person he was until he met the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ completely changed him. Uh, my grandfather was so bad at one time, he was doing a New Year's uh, gig up in Sauk City. He was coming back down Highway 12, and it used to be just a small little road. And uh, for some reason, he was angry. I mean, he had so much to drink that night that he was angry and thinking that everybody else was in his lane and he was in their lane. And, uh, and that's how bad it got for my grandpa. I, I'm surprised he lived as long as he did. He froze his feet and things and so on, but God turned him around. But I want you to look at this particular verse, in verse number 18. And again, verse 16 is talking about redeeming. And so here we have a, a noun acting like a verb. And so redeeming the time because the days are evil. And wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so I'm going to show you what the will of the Lord is, even in evil times. 
Uh, and Paul, of course, writes to the church at Ephesus, and he helps them to understand this particular issue in verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excessive living. And so you probably heard, and a lot of people will say, I can drink, but not in excess. That's not what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is teaching that those that drink are going to allow themselves to go into things that and, and live excessively beyond really what God intended for them to live or how he intended them to live. But then he gives this alternative, but, but be filled with the Spirit. And then if you don't have this written already in your, in, your, in your notes, circle, if you would, nouns that are acting like verbs uh, or verbs that are trying to be nouns here in verse number 19, 20, and 21. We saw it in verse number 16, but here it is again, speaking, and then verse 20, giving, and then submitting in verse number 21. And so speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, uh, to the Lord, this is actually showing then that you are born again. If you are singing those melodies in your heart, it shows that the Spirit of God is there. When those songs cease and you're singing the songs of the country western blues, then be careful because you're not going to be a happy camper and you're going to be discouraged. You're not going to have the strength that God wants you to have. And so if we're talking about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, then there is also giving. And the giving is thanks, thanks always for all things uh, unto God and, and, and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's that hard one, verse number 21, submitting. And so the speaking of in your heart, there's the giving thanks toward God, and then there's the submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. If you truly fear God, you will submit one to another. You will have this desire to get along with people and to be able to accomplish the will of God, even if it's not done your way. And so that's submitting then yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. But I want to zero in on verse number 20, because it says, giving thanks always for all things. And so always in all things. So giving thanks for all at all times and then for all things. So there's two different things you're giving thanks for. Uh, you're giving thanks for the particular circumstance you're going through, or you're giving thanks for the things that God has given you. And so, really, that is a product of somebody who is actually filled with the Spirit will have that thanksgiving. And I, I think it's important for us to remember that not too long ago is that there were people here on this land that had thanksgiving, and they did it with an incredible amount of, of, of focus and attention toward the God of heaven, Sometimes they would take all morning and attend church and have a Thanksgiving daytime where they were thank, thanking God for all the things that he provided for them. And it's kind of natural to have it around the harvest time and, and, and the winter coming in. And, and I'm so glad to see the farmers working now. And, and even the signs up that say, be careful for the farmers. This morning I was coming to church and I'm kind of in a hurry. And there's a farmer coming this way and he's got a bigger, uh, a bigger machine than the road. And so I'm, I'm coming along. I have to slow down. I have to go over to the side and he's, he's trying to like motion to me like he's upset, like I'm so sorry. And I was like this. 
<laughs> Keep going, man. I love it. You can go ahead and do harvest time anytime uh, in the fall here on my roads, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'll slow down for you. But I think on December fourth, it was in 1619, a group of 38 English settlers arrived in Berkeley. Hundred. That's a Virginia colony, about 20 miles from Jamestown, and their charter stated that the day that their ship arrived should be yearly a perpetual day that's kept holy as a day of thanksgiving unto the Almighty God. Let me tell you something. Crossing over that uh, over the Atlantic and getting on land, I'm certain that they were thankful to, to reach the land. How many have ever been on a ship? Raise your hand. How many have ever been in the service or in the, in the Navy on a ship? Uh, or Marine. And so, yes, and so have I. And so when I got to land, I'll never forget it. I jumped up on my tank. Uh, tanks came off and then uh, they got them up on the shore. And then I got off and I got on my tank and I said, thank you, Lord, that I'm off that water because I don't like to be way out there. What if we start to go down? We had we had storms that were going back and forth and, and I had to crack up because some of these guys were actually the biggest fellas got the sickest. And I was just a little skinny, wiry guy. And so I was fine laughing at them. But uh, these particular people said, we're going to take that time and we're going to do this once a year, perpetually, giving that day as a holy day that we actually landed December 4th, 1619. And since then, throughout our nation's history, we as a nation have regularly observed a national day of Thanksgiving. Did you know that? You know, these people are, are we're so concerned about Halloween. Guess what? It's over and it was a dud. But Thanksgiving is coming. I'll tell you what, sometimes I I like looking forward to Thanksgiving more than almost any time of the year. For us to be able to get together and then enter into prayer and Thanksgiving to God, I, I just almost can't wait to be with my family and have 30 of us or so in a garage and turkey and dressing and and uh, all kinds of different, like deer sausage, you know, and we have cheese spreads, and you know what I'm talking about, and rolls, are you hungry now, you know? But we have all of that because we want to be able to give thanksgiving to the Lord and have that time of, I think about how that um, years ago my mom and dad would put us in a car and we would travel early in the morning on Thanksgiving Day, almost two hours to grandma, great-grandma, uh, Mammy's house, and we'd go to Fenmore, actually, for Aunt Viola, one of her children, had it there. Um, and, and I remember going to those places and having such a time and just a great time of thanking the Lord, but also having a time of being with the family. And I just want to let you know that this ought to be the greatest month of your life this month. It's the first. We can begin today and say, let's take time to thank the Lord. But these people did. And so really, to this present time, the, the fourth, I think it's the fourth Thursday of every month has been noted as Thanksgiving Day. And that was done by President Re- uh, Franklin Roosevelt in 1939. But in, in, in Christians, really, if we think about it, Thanksgiving is more than just a day to observe a time to watch TV. It's more than that. It's a time to give thanks to the Lord. I think it's important for us to remember that in everything give thanks, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'd like to challenge you. Take time this month. Start today. I know people did it last year, and I remember those that were actually writing it down in some kind of a day timer or some kind of a little book. I remember um, being on shore in Beirut 
And there was one guy that I was with, his name was Eddie Johnson, and he had a little bitty journal, and every day he wrote something in it. I wish I would have done that. There are some memories that are gone, and, and he has them all written down. But wouldn't it be wonderful that you could actually leave something behind worth something in years to come? And this is what my grandma went through through the COVID time, through the difficult time, through all of the election issues and all of the anger and all the hate in a culture that it was bad at that particular time. And you know what? God may turn the tide and he may have generations yet to come. And your response and how you're going to respond during these difficult times are very important for your children. It's not a time to quit. It's not a time to say, well, I'm just going to throw up my hands and just go home. No, it's a time to continue to move forward for God because God's still at work and his people should still be at work. And how can we do that unless we're thankful in our hearts to continue on? So you might want to take time, maybe put posts on social media every day this month and and make sure it's directed toward thanksgiving to God. Make sure you recognize the Lord. Make sure the people that read it and see it know that you're talking about the God of heaven. And so I want to let the scriptures this morning to remind you that we ought to be thanking the Lord at all times giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you say, I want to do the will of God, Pastor. Oh, do you? Then give thanks for everything. Because when we give thanks to God for everything, it shows that we're in his will. That's what the Bible says. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Christians ought to be known for their thankfulness. There was a young woman named Ann Steele, and she had encountered one trial after another, and one disappointment after another, and being a devout Christian, She continuously sought the Lord and praised him, even in sorrow times. She was singing at times when she should have been crying, and she was engaged to be married, and she looked forward to that wedding day with great eagerness because there might be just a little bit of light in her life, and the big day finally came, and the groom didn't arrive. He was missing. After about an hour of waiting, the parents came, and then a messenger brought the news that Anne's fiancé was out on a boat, and he fell and he drowned. The sudden shock was almost too much for her. But after a while, she regained her spiritual composure, and later, Anne Steele penned the song. And I think it's still found in some of the older hymnals. It says, Father, whatever of earthly bliss, thy sovereign will denies. Accepted at thy throne of grace, let this petition rise. Give me a calm and a thankful heart from every murmur free. The blessings of thy grace impart and make me live to thee. I can't even imagine what it would be like to lose your spouse, but you do. Some of you understand what it's like. She did. It was too difficult for her to deal with it, but yet she went to the Lord with prayer and God gave her strength and she knew that giving God thanks and being thankful is what's going to give her that joy so that she has the strength of the Lord to continue on. So I wanted you to think about this. First of all, this particular passage of Scripture is an imperative. It's, it's actually telling us that this is a command. And so when he's saying that we ought to maybe perhaps be uh, not be drunk with wine, we're in a success, but be filled with the Spirit, and then we're supposed to be speaking to ourselves and then giving thanks to God and then submitting one to another is an imperative. 
And so I think it's interesting as we think about that, the first thing we need to understand about being thankful is that we are commanded by God to be thankful. So being thankful is an imperative, both in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and both Ephesians 5.20. We are, these, are not, these are not recommendations. These aren't suggestions. They are commands from our Lord, and we are to be thankful. It is an imperative that we give thanksgiving toward God. And so the command to be thankful reminds us of, of a few things. Number one is how thoughtful we should be. And so the, the root word for, for thankful really is thoughtful. So if we think about that just for a moment, to be, to be thankful uh, and to be thoughtful kind of go hand in hand. And so when we're really processing this thing upstairs called our brains, and we're going back and we're seeing that there has been times where God has blessed us in times past and God gave to us when we were in need, it's always good to go back and to use the mind to think back and be thoughtful about times when God blesses us. Thinking always precedes thanking. And so the command to be thankful is a command to stop and to think and how we have been blessed. And so we should understand the source of blessing. Um, I think we can actually understand the source of it by going into the scriptures in several places. We see that all the blessings that we get in this life are coming from above. Every good gift comes from God. Every good gift comes from God. You say, well, I, I just happened to happen to, to, to run into the sky and, and he gave me this or this was provided for me. You know, someone says, you know what happened to me the other day? I needed this. And so I went to a garage sale and there it was and it was really cheap. And, and you say, wow, what a blessing. That was God giving that to you. God blessed you with it. I remember years ago, I was uh, woke up in the morning. I was working for the postal service. I had the day off. Uh, I used to have uh, three-day weekends once in a while. Um, Brother Russ, I know that you probably have had that. And uh, so uh, working for the Postal Service. But I remember that Friday I got up and I was going to go to the Bethesda Fair uh, right there between Horicon and, and, um, and uh, Juno. And then there was another one. What's uh, uh, Beaver Dam. There you go. I couldn't think of that. Now, if you told me where McDonald's is, I'd be down. I'll tell you exactly where it's at. But it's interesting as you think about this because Juna had that Bethesda fair, and they would bring all kinds of things and all kinds of books. And I, I thought, man, it'd be a great thing to go there today. I got on my knees in that little house. I remember it was like perforated, you know. That house was concrete, but yet when the wind blew, you could feel it going through the house, and we were renting it. And it was bad, folks. Talk to Tammy how bad it was. I should have never lived there with her. But we were living there, and I got on my knees next to the bed, and I said, Lord, I need, I need a set of commentaries. They asked me to preach uh, at, at Beaver Dam Care Center, and so uh, I was heading over there all the time, and so I figured I better, I haven't had my schooling finished yet, and so I got to find out exactly if I'm saying something right or not. I want the commentaries to show me what the scriptures say, and I want to learn more. And so I said, Lord, give me a set of commentaries, and, and I pray, Lord, that it be from the 1800s. Would you please give them to me today? I got up uh, off my knees, and I thought, today's going to be a good day. And I went, to the, I went to that Bethesda fair we were looking at all day long. We stayed there looking at things, and I remember going and buying a pair of uh, uh, wool trousers for hunting, you know, you, you got to have wool if you're out there in the woods when it's really, really, really cold. I thought, man, these are only a dollar, pretty good deal, and I went to the, found this little tent full of books, and I, I looked through all of them, and all I found was a book on Billy Graham. I didn't find any commentaries, and 
I got a little bit upset because I knew that God was going to answer my prayer. We got into the car to go home, and we had a little black horizon, and we were driving down the road on Highway 33 heading back to Horicon, and it said garage sale. And then so uh, Tammy says, let's go here. And so sure enough, we, we still are doing that, by the way, you know, after all these years. And so we, we, we took a little right left turn, and then I pulled over to the side, and I parked there because there was people up in the driveway. And she walked up the, to, the, to the garage sale. I just sat in my car, and I was upset a little bit because I really wanted a set of commentaries. I knew that God was going to answer my prayer. And so I waited for a little bit, and I saw her go up, and I thought, you know what I should do? I know what I shouldn't do. I shouldn't pout. You ever see a man pout? It's the most horrible thing. Man, that's ugly. It's just weird. And I was sitting there, and I thought, you know, I can't do this. And so I got out of the car, and I was heading up the, the little walkway. I remember it was a blacktop area, and it was to the right where the, all the garage sale stuff was. And I looked over to the left, and there was a picnic table with three old books on it. And I went over, and I picked them up, and I began to read them. And it was a set of commentaries from 1826. And the lady came over, and she says, do you like those? And I said, do I like them? I love these. And she said, you can have them for a dollar. I just pulled them out of the attic just now because God knew that I was coming. They're on my desk in there, or they're on a little, little bookshelf there. I'm telling you this, folks, not because, not because I want to show you how big I am or whatever, but how big our God is. With a pure heart, ask him for something, and he'll give it to you. And then say thank you, because every good gift comes from above. It is God that provides these things. And when we have a thankful heart for it, God, it pleases God. And it's really the will of God that we are thankful. How many people today do you find are so sad about everything and they're all bent out of shape? Where's the thankful people? Oh, those are the thankful people over there in the corner of Buckeye and South Thompson. You ever go to that place? Man, no matter what's going on, they're always happy. They even try to hug people during COVID. What's wrong with those people? Not a good thing they're hugging, you know. Six feet. I think if we take time to think about how good God is, we can think about how God has been with us and how there has been never a moment that he's not been with us. And we can also think of how he has washed over us and met our every need, and how a wonderful, good Savior and a good shepherd he is. The other day I was walking, uh, and I remember just bringing up that verse again, dealing with the wonderful Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want, because he provides everything that I need. And when my heart gets to the place where it thinks it needs more, then we're telling God, you're not good enough for me. You can do better than that, Lord. That's not a good thing to tell him that, by the way. You ought to say, thank you for giving me what I have. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for our home. Thank you for our vehicle. I think about this fellow named Johnson Oatman, Jr. He was born April 21st, 1856, near Medford, New Jersey. He was born to a devout Christian family and he attended church regularly. He was so inspired by his father, whose name was Johnson Oatman also, and then he wanted to walk in his father's footsteps, and he wanted to grow up to be just like his father, and he was always by his father's side, especially on church 
in church time on Sunday mornings, he wanted to sit next to his father. And when the congregation would stand to sing, the little boy would pick up a hymnal with his father, at least peer onto his book with him. And he'd read the same book that his father was using. And his father had a great booming voice. And this little boy would sing out all the gospel music with his father. He had such love for church music that in an early age, he wrote the song, No, Not One. And Johnson Oatman wrote what was had been regarded probably as the most popular hymn. Oatman continued to write hymns almost daily until 1898. He wrote the popular hymn that we sing here quite a few times called Higher Ground. His total output reached past 5,000 marks. I can't believe how many hymns he wrote. He wrote one called Count Your Blessings. Remember that one? Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. Count Your Blessings. See what God has done. Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. What a beautiful thing. Have somebody that would take a pen and write such beautiful music that we could actually sing today. I was listening to you sing earlier. In fact, I forgot a few things in my office, and it takes me longer to get to places than it used to. And so, Brother Tom, sorry about that. You're like, what am I going to do now? And then I'm, I'm thinking, like, sing another one, Tom. Sing another one. Uh, praise the Lord you did. And I was able to make it here. But what a blessing it is to understand that God has given us music to be able to sing and a heart full of joy and a heart full of thankfulness. You say, but sometimes it kind of hurts to be thankful. Yeah, Uh, not really. It's nothing but good for you and good for those around you to be thankful for what God has done for you and how much God has blessed you. If I start writing down my blessings, things change. If I start counting them, things change. My whole attitude changes when I start being thankful to God. It seems like Satan doesn't want to be around people that are thankful to the God of heaven. I got a call, that little text last night from an individual reached out to me and was uh, dealing with some issues that happened years ago. And, and uh, you know, and I, I, I texted him back, you know, and I just, I was kind to him. I said, you know, submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And he was having some spiritual warfare and some attacks were going on his brain. And I just said, submit yourself to God and then thank him for what you have. I want you to read Psalm 55, and I didn't hear from him for a while, and he texted me back, and he wrote, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When we submit our hearts to God, and we begin to be thankful to God, Satan will flee. The Bible will give us that promise, submit yourselves therefore to God, and the devil will flee from you. He will. Be strong in the Lord. And by the way, the way we get strong is by thanking him and being of a joyful heart. I can't even imagine what it was like to be in a prison like Paul was and how that they were in stocks and then they would actually cry out and sing to the Lord during those times. And God gave them strength to get through the difficult things they went through. Sometimes they would take the apostle Paul and they would whip him and then put him back into prison. Open sores in a smelly, stinky place, no one to take care of him. And he would sing songs unto the Lord. I don't think that's happened to you, dear friend. You've been born in the greatest country in the world. And God has supplied for you some wonderful things. And so we ought to be thankful to him. You see what I'm trying to get at this morning? 
the month of November ought to be a time of constant thanksgiving to the Lord. It's also sad, I think, sometimes because this world is so unthankful. In Romans chapter 1, 21, it says, And when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, and neither were they thankful. I'm not sure that anything worse could ever be said of someone is that they're unthankful. It's the most ungodly thing. What they're trying to do to our country right now, instead of having gatherings and thanking the Almighty God, they're tearing things down. We should never let them do that. We should never. We should arrest every person that touches any monument in our land. And if they don't like America, then put them on a ship and call it the, can't call it the Mayflower, we'll call it like the, the morgue, and send them out to sea. The morgue, you're going to take down a statue, go to another country. You know what, folks? Unless we say something, nobody's going to say anything. For some reason, there's like a spirit of delusion on our land. For some reason, people are quiet about things they need to be yelling about because God's been so good to us all of these years, and I'm not going to let a bunch of knuckleheads take it away from us. Amen. It's time that we would pray and fast and say, Oh, God of heaven, would you please help us in this election? And would you please help law and order to become part of what's happening in our land again? Because if we don't, if we roll over and play dead, guess what's going to happen? We'll, we'll lose everything for your friends. And we'll become just like other countries. A, na- a nation of exceptionalism is America. But we need to be thankful for God. We need to be thankful in all things. I think it's important for us. Secondly, we ought to be thankfulness really that is continually. To thank him, it says, give thanks always for all things unto God. And that the Father, and in our name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it, it actually, let me draw the attention to the word always. It speaks of the attitude of gratitude which we are to live and abide. The word literally means at all times that we would thank God for everything. Thank God for COVID? Now, I know that some people just think, well, I don't have to go to work next week because I got COVID, plus I get to get paid during that time. So that might be a benefit. And they'll say, well, at least I'm getting paid during the time away. And at least I've, I've got it. I don't have it in my lungs or whatever. There is something to be thankful for. In everything that comes our way, we can thank God. And I think it should be unceasing thankfulness. And I think of the children of Israel in the offering of their sacrifices to the Lord. And the command was given to offer sacrifices unto the Lord on a daily basis. For examples, in, in, in Numbers 24, or 28, verse 24, and after this manner, you offer daily throughout seven days. And I really believe that the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9 that we are a royal priesthood, being spiritual priests who should offer sacrifices to the Lord. One such sacrifice is found in Hebrews 13, verse 15. It says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him, giving thanksgiving is what we ought to be doing constantly. I know that uh, when I was at Northland years ago, I remember having very little money, and, and uh, uh, but I used to try to thank the Lord for everything. 
And there was a guy with us. His name was Rick Brown. He was a police officer now. He just retired. And uh, they lived underneath us in the apartments. And, and uh, I met him in the hallway one day. And he said, Dean, I, I, can't, I can't figure you out. Every time I talk to you, you say, praise the Lord. You know? and, I, and I know that sometimes we do it sometimes when we're at a store. I, I was with Curtis this week for a little bit and spent some time with him. And, and uh, something happened. I said, well, praise the Lord, Curtis. He looked at me like, yeah, that's what we should do. Let's do that right now. It's interesting how that sometimes we don't even think about it. We just naturally like to praise him. We know that that's where we need to go with our praise. And we ought not to hold back. We ought to say to people around us, and, and whether we're in the secular world or the sacred world, people ought to know that we want to praise our God because he's the one that gives us all of these things. I think about the psalm in Psalm 108, verse number 3. The psalmist wrote, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. And I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. The people that the psalmist referred to was the people of God. I think in Hebrews 13, verse number 15, where it talks about the the fruit of our lips, this would imply an audible expression of praise and thanksgiving. There are many Christians who are inhibited when it comes to being vocal about their praise. Sometimes you want to it's on their lips and you can see it. They're going to say something and all of a sudden they just draw back and they just think, you know, I'm not going to say it now. I'm almost there, but I'm not going to because someone might hear me. You know, uh, we were down in the river, river bottoms this last couple of days and had some time with Curtis and we were, uh, he got a motor and we couldn't get it started. And, and so uh, we, you take the spark plugs out, you got to put a little gasoline in there. And so we couldn't quite figure it out. And so we went down to see this old fella that lived in a little small town called Wazika. And this old guy, he's got everything in his garage. You talk about it, he's got it. He's got to be 85 years old, hunched back, and he's walking around in there. We knew he'd help us out. We said, sir, we're having a little trouble with this motor. It just doesn't want to run. We think we need to take spark plugs out of it or do something with it, you know. And uh, so he, he goes over and he says, well, I used to have a squirt bottle here around somewhere. And he finds an old, one of those old oil squirt bottles. Did you ever see those? You squirt them like that, you know? And he, had it in, he looked inside and he said, it looks like there's water in there and then oil underneath. You know how long it takes water to separate from oil? It takes a long, long time, years and years. And so he says, I better get rid of this. And he dumps it out. And then he mixes some gasoline for us, puts the right, a little bit more than, than the, the amount needed for oil. He mixes it all together and then he puts the lead back on. He goes, here, try that. See if it, you know. So we get out there and get on the river and squirt it in there and Thing fires right up, it's no problem at all. I think we called Josh, and Josh told us exactly what to do. And we were able to listen to him, and we were able to get that motor going. I looked at Curtis, and I said, well, praise the Lord, because, you know, it's a long walk, <laughs> you know, so, especially with my, what I'm dealing with. And so we were able to get going, and we thought, praise the Lord, because we were able to do some things. And I think it's important for us to thank the Lord in everything. It's not by accident that that man had that for us and was able to help us through. It's not by accident that we were able to get the motor going and then we were able to... But God sometimes wants us to talk to him and communicate with him, especially when it comes to thanking him. Many of you have stopped praying before you eat. I always pray. I say, listen, before you choke, let's have a word of prayer. I don't want to see you choke because I don't feel like lifting you up. Try to do the hype, whatever it's called. I hope that you understand that before you eat, you should pray every single time because God provided for you to have that meal. Say, but I'm in a restaurant and people might see you. You know what happens sometimes when I pray? People come over and say, you know, I saw you pray just now. Are you a Christian? Boy, what a great thing that is. 
have a little fellowship there in McDonald's or a little fellowship in Culver's or what's that other place that people are fanatical about? What's it? Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You know what, though? I think it's important for us to always give thanks for all things, no matter where we're at. If it's one thing that you're known for, it should be that you're thankful for what God has done for you. Your whole demeanor changes. Your whole countenance changes. The one last thing I'd like to talk about is thankfulness that is comprehensive. What do I mean by that? Notice our text again. For all things and in all things. So to be thankful for all things and in all things includes all the things that are happening in our lives and includes the sad times as well as the glad times. It includes the hard times as well as the happy times. I think about a speaker years ago named A.C. Cooper. He brought a great message on the Feast of Tabernacles. And in the message, he brought out the tremendous truth about thanksgiving. He took it from Leviticus 23, verse number 40, concerning the Feast of Tabernacles. The Bible reads, And you shall take you on the first day of the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and the willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord seven days. So during the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to take the palm tree and the willow tree, and they were to weave the branches together. It was an expression of thanksgiving. So palms are a symbol of good times or victory, and the willows, the weeping willows, are a symbol of bad times. And so when they offered their expressions of thanksgiving to the Lord, they gave thanks for both the good times and the bad times. It's so easy to thank God for the good times, isn't it? But to thank him for the bad times? How many have ever had some bad times? Raise your hand. How many have ever had valleys and dark times? You ever thank the Lord for that? That's kind of hard to do, isn't it? Can I share something with you? In closing, I think one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible is found in Psalm 55, verse 22. It says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He will not suffer the righteous to be moved. It's interesting as we cast our burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will not suffer the righteous to be removed. To be moved. So it's interesting as we think about that because we can actually take our burdens and give them to the Lord. I don't know what's bothering you today. Maybe it's early voting, cheating on the Democrats' part. What's bothering you today? Is it the attitude of your family? Are you upset because Trump is going to win? Are you upset about that? What is upsetting you? Why do you have... Is it, is it your, sin, your son? And maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. What's your burden today? Have you ever thought about giving it to God? The Bible says to cast your burden upon him. So how do you be able to be thankful about burdens? I mean, burdens are horrible. How, how many have ever had a burden that was almost unbearable? Raise your hand if you would. Interesting, because we've all had burdens. So how do I deal with those? Can I cast them upon the Lord? I can. I can remove it from my shoulders to his. I remember talking to a man years ago about the gospel. 
and, and we were fishing, and I just met the man. I wasn't, didn't know him very long, and I was given the gospel. He says, well, I don't, think that, I don't think I should be giving God anything, you know. I said, well, you just stay that way then, sir, and you'll be burdened the rest of your life. But until you humble your heart and you give your burden to God and you shift it over onto him, you're going to suffer and you're going to have difficult times, and you're not going to have the joy of the Lord, and you're never going to be a thankful person. You're going to be a bitter old person someday unless you learn to take your burdens and give them to the Lord regularly, habitually. Here's my burden, Lord. Here's my burden. Give me strength. Give me strength. You know what he'll do? He'll take your burden every single time. And he will sustain you every single time. He's looking for you to give your burden to him. In fact, what's interesting about the word burden in the Hebrew language, it's the word gift. Say, what I got on my back is a gift? I don't think so. God does. Because it may be the only thing that will take you to Jesus Christ. I remember years ago reading a story about Sam Jones, a Methodist evangelist. And he used this illustration about a man who walked down by a river. And when he got to that river, he had his dogs with him. He picked up a a stick and he'd throw it out and the dog would go out into the river and catch it and bring it back. And he was looking at a few things and kind of not paying attention to the dog. And all of a sudden he looked and he saw that the dog was caught in the current and was going out and downstream pretty fast. He thought, what am I going to do? The dog was trying everything he can do to get to the shore and he couldn't. So he quickly picked up a stick about that big and he threw it out to him. And that dog with all of his might was looking for that stick and trying to get to it and trying to get and finally he got it into his teeth and he gave all of his energy to get to the shore and then finally bring it back to the master and lay it down at the master's feet. And that's what God allows us. Sometimes he could, you know what? That dog could speak, he'd say, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the gift. Because that burden brought me to the place where I would seek, seek the Lord so much. Has it happened to you? Has there been a time when the burdens were so strong that you didn't know what to do? Would you ever think about that as a gift of God? None of us would think that way unless we knew that the Lord intended for that thing to bring you to him. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody. Maybe you're so tired of this whole mess of 2020. By the way, it's not just America. It's in the whole world right now. Maybe you say, well, I can't make sense of anything. Why are people acting the way they are? You know what? The best thing you can do is just take care of your own heart. Take care of your own burdens and give them to the Lord. Let them do what they're going to do, but you take care of yourself between you and God. And maybe you still have the sin issue in your life that's burdening you down. Why don't you just give it to the Lord, that sin burden? You've been carrying it all along. Give it to God. Jesus Christ came to take your sins away, but you must give them to him. You confess them. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I'm taking this off of me and giving it to you, Lord. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a promise for you, Christian. And then for you that perhaps hasn't received Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? He's got his arms open to you. He wants you to be thankful. He desires for you to have the strength. He wants you to have the joy so that you can do his will. 
I want to close with just thinking for a moment this particular month. I think I'm going to enter into it and make a journal. I'll do it tonight. I've got to do a little bit of studying today, uh, a project that's due tonight. After the Lord's Supper tonight, I, I want to go home and start a journal and just write down how good God's been to me. Maybe go back to my early years when I was in Sunday school and I had some of the best teachers tell me about Jesus Christ. And maybe I'll work through it to where I can get into my teens and then my 20s and my 30s and I can remember times where God actually was good to me and I'm so thankful for those years. Now, I'm going to be 60 and I'm still praising the Lord. He's still good. No matter what comes our way, no matter how difficult things get, God is still good. And he desires for us to be thankful people. And by the end of this month, you look at a little booklet full of thanksgiving, I think it would be a more profitable month than thinking about what you're going to wear for Halloween. I think it's important for us to thank our God, don't you? Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. As we think about being thankful to God, we have so many things to be thankful for. But maybe this morning you'd honest, be honest with yourself and you've not been thankful. You've been struggling with things on the inside. You haven't been a happy camper. In fact, you're finding problems with everybody when the problem is you. And the problem is that you just don't want to give it to God. And maybe today you'd say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I know I'm, I'm saved. I know the Lord, but the burdens have gotten to me, and I need the Lord. Is there anyone like that today? Lift up your hand and put it back. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. I understand. I understand. And so does God. I don't think anybody in this room likes burdens and difficult times. But God is allowing them so that we would cry out to him. And maybe this morning you've never taken the time to receive Christ as your Savior. And you know that you really can't make it the rest of your life without him. And you'd like to receive him today. You'd like Jesus to be part of your life. And so today is the day that you'd like to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone like that? Say, pray for me, Pastor. I won't point you out, but I'll just pray. Is there anyone like that today? Say, would you pray for me? I need to give my heart to Jesus. Anyone? And God has spoken to you, dear Christian. Maybe you just need to come this morning and talk to God about it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you stand to your feet? No one looking around this morning. We need to have an invitation. If God has spoken to you, you come. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct in the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. stanza.
Maybe right there in the pew, you'd say, here's, here's my heart, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and save me. I believe that you died, that you rose again the third day. my burden, Lord.